Let's do this, Blaine and Mickey, Wednesday. Let's do this show. It's Wednesday already. It's hump day. There's I, Where do you even start today? There's so much stuff going on. Well, uh, the World Series. I mean, we can just, <laughs> that, you know, at least that, you know, that's that's pretty important, man. All the Braves fans is, that live here. So that's that's pretty exciting. And uh, I had to think about who was going to win the MVP after, uh, what, let me say it right now, uh, Solaire. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, that's right. Yeah, I got it right. Yeah. He hit that bomb, and it was insane. But three, though, what? Yeah, Max, he was the he was the dude. He, he got his ankle dude. stepped on. He got stepped on. And by the way, that guy wasn't even uh uh didn't even tag the bag. No. So why can we replay that? How did that happen? That's like horrible. And and Freed, in, in the process of just uncoiling from getting himself stepped on, stepped on the bag with his other oh, foot. But yeah. well, Freed's response to that was was amazing. It was, and that's what I love about yeah. it. His response, and then to go out there and just really shut him down after that. He got himself back together, sure stepped did. on his ankle. I would have broke my ankle. I would have been bruised. I would have been like, I'm done. But luckily, it wasn't in his plant. It's the one he comes down after yeah. the throw. But some people say that's even more important. But, man, he was lights out. That was pretty cool. Uh, man, they they man, they man, just dominated. But Solaire's uh, home run, that, what was it, a three-run home run, if I can remember? Uh, man, that was so powerful. He hit it out to the, the train tracks, man. It was like. Like it was a home run derby type swing. It was. I, when I saw it, everybody knew. Did you see him? He pointed to the, to the, to the bench and said, I told you, I got it. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. He man. spent some time at home plate before he decided to yeah. make his excursion yeah. around the bases. Yeah, and then uh, Vandy's uh, <laughs> own, uh, Dansby got in the act. and Dansby's was a shot, dude. Yeah, it was. Boom. Yeah, so that was, uh, it was, it was exciting to watch, but it was not a game. They took the crowd out of the game. It was loud early into yep. that. That bomb by Soler, uh, you know, that, that shut it all down. It was over. The linchpin, though, for the Astros is whenever Altuve does well, they do well, and he didn't do well. Not well enough, anyway, with the home run. So that's, yeah, but congratulations to the Braves fan. The Tomahawk Chop. Boom. Freddie Freeman had yeah. another, had, yeah. had a home run, too, yeah. and a, a double, and, um, and everybody's going crazy because he, he may not be back next year. Yeah, it's Buck, okay. He's a free agent. Joe Buck made some people mad. Here's the thing. What's he been there? 11 years? A long time. Yeah. And he's got 1,700 hits, uh, an MVP, won a, a World Series there. I mean, I, all I thought about this when Joe Buck said that could be his last at bat as a as an Atlanta Brave. Which is true. Which could be because Albert Pujols left the Cardinals in 2011 after they won the World Series. He had a, he said the same thing. He had a three-home run game. I mean, he was – He'd gotten his 2,000 hit that season. I was actually there that night that he got it. And then he left after that season because he got just a stupid amount of money to go somewhere else. And the Cardinals were like, sorry, man. We're going to pay other people. And they paid other people. Now, they haven't won a World Series since, but they paid other people. And the rest is history. But, uh, yeah, congrats to all you Braves fans out there. I thought it was cool that Freeman – at first, catches the ball for the last and out. They finish it out. The ball, because you know he never, he's never going to let go. That was the it. end of his career. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's the lasting memory you'll have of him. Now, they interviewed him. That was awesome. He talked about it. He was in his back, back pocket yep. and everything else. He pulls it out. I mean, man, <laughs> that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, if I'm him, it's my ball. Nobody's getting it. Yeah. It got thrown to me. I'm going to keep this thing forever. So, there's that. Congratulations. The Braves, the Bra- I know there's Cub fans here, and there's – the Braves are the home team for Nashville. So there's a bunch of happy people close, today. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of happy people. So congrats. Um, Pecorine is getting his number retired, 35. Mm. Not a surprise, but just cool. They announced it on his birthday today. 
So Ooh. I think he signed two contract extensions. So this on should birthday. be Pecorine Day, his birthday, and his jersey got retired on that day. That should be his day. Well, we can just make it Pecorine Day, his birthday for eternity, the face of the Predators, and then and then here's this, Blaine, the thing that everybody waited to be mad about. Uh oh, the college football playoff rankings. Oh, people are mad. Oh, man. here's the thing, man. <laughs> you knew what this was going to look like. Oh. You wanted to be mad. If you're mad about this, you're mad because you wanted to be mad. If you're mad about it, you're mad because you wanted to be mad. I'll give you an example. Tell me, where are you going with this? Because the only thing that was outrageous was the Cincinnati deal, in my mind, and then they're gonna, they have no chance of heck to move up because they their schedule. Right. There's nothing left to make them go up. They beat Notre Dame, and then they're just, that's all you got for us. Sorry, you're out. Yeah, we'll put y'all sixth. Just, just closer, you kind of taste it, just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, a just a taste. Just a taste. Get close. We can say we almost. You almost made it. I'm going to take you to the edge of the promised land. I'm going to let you look in, uh-huh. and then I'm going to turn you around and shove you off the other side of the oh, mountain. So man. have a good time. Oh, man, that's how I feel about a lot of things. <laughs> so, I can so relate. My son is six. He eats this thing of yogurt every morning. He eats the same thing for breakfast every morning of his life. Oh. He eats the same little tub of yogurt every day. About once every four or five days, he drops it and smears it all over the table. And he'll tell me, Dad, I dropped some of my yogurt today. And I'm like, that's okay, man. I'll clean it up for you. Uh-huh. I know he's going to drop some of it at least once a week and smear it all over the table. I, for a while, that got to me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Again, you, it's a spoon. I mean, you're like a monkey learning how to use tools. Oh, it's a spoon. You dip it in the yogurt. You put the yogurt in your mouth. How did we get here uh-huh. for the seventh time this month? Now I don't even get mad anymore. I just, I give him his yogurt. I get a, a a paper towel. I soak it in some water, squeeze out the excess water. I'm like, here you go, buddy, just in case there's an accident today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get super bad, but it frustrated me. Does it frustrate me more? Because I know what's going to happen. <laughs> this is everybody with the college football playoffs. They're my son with the tub of yogurt. Oh, okay. You it. know what's going to happen. <laughs> the group of five is going to get screwed. They're always going to put Alabama way up there because they're Alabama and they're going to be in it at the end, and they know that. Yeah, why well, I me? Mean, I, I mean, how do you – there's people I, mad Michigan about State that, though. is moving up. I got you. But you can't put them in front of Alabama. I'm sorry. You just can't. I mean, just reputation and everything else. Is this uh, maybe one of the, I guess you're going to say, worst Alabama teams in the last five years? Yeah, maybe. But it's Whoa. still, it's still, <laughs> it's still <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. They're still really Whoa, good. It's really bad. Out. They're like the th- third best team in the country right yeah, now. Yeah, Whoa. I mean, so, but, uh, yeah, the Oregon, Ohio State, this, this, and that. It's, uh, man. Wake Forest, they just disrespected all the ACC. Yeah. Hey, man, what can you say, man? And then, you know, some people are like, what? Hey, Mississippi State's lost three games. How are they ranked? Mm, they're in the SEC. <laughs> right. Because they play SEC teams. Yeah, that's it, man. We know how this show goes. They're, they're going to have one loss. They're going to be there at the end. And it's going to be them and Georgia are going to play. And here's the thing. If they beat Georgia, then them and Georgia are both going to get in. Yeah. Then they're both going to get in. And then everybody else is going to be mad. <laughs> then everybody else is going to be mad about this. Yeah. But Michigan State still doesn't they? I don't know their schedule, but I'm a, they have to play Ohio State, don't they? I know they they just beat Michigan, but yeah, they still have to play Ohio State. So they, you know, that'll Ohio, settle itself. Mm-hmm. Then Ohio State will move in front of Oregon. Everybody will be like at Oregon and outraged because how do they move ahead of them when we beat them head to head in their house, the shoe? Uh, so yeah, man, this is. Uh, Enlightening, I, I can't wait till we have uh, John Bryce to ask him, like, what are the criteria do you think they use to really 
make their final decisions? What's some of the, you know, one, two, or three things maybe the committee is actually looking at? You know, or do you you like the BCS way? Some people's like, oh, I want to go back the other way. You know, hey. End of the day, I think probably this process is getting the best four teams eventually. At the end, this is just the first first go round, so don't don't panic. <laughs> well, yeah, there's another thing about this. Being mad about this, this doesn't mean squat today. It doesn't because there's so many games that have got to be played, and, and and the first one comes out, everybody loses their expletive every year when this happens. And then you look around and you think, like you just said, oh, Michigan State's going to play Ohio State. And Alabama and Georgia have got to play each other. I mean, you know, there's nothing. Poor Cincinnati. There's nothing those rascals can do. But it's all going to sort itself out just like it always does. Now, you may not like how it sorts itself out in the end. And if you're Cincinnati, you need to pray that everybody loses two games. Because that's your only shot is for you to win all of your games and everybody else to lose two. That's it. And, and honestly, I don't. maybe that would do it. I don't think if you're the committee, you could look Cincinnati in the face and not make them the fourth seed if you had, you know, a couple of two-loss teams ahead of them. But I don't think that's going to happen. So, if mm, you're the – I don't know. But you need more than that, right? You need Notre Dame to keep winning because that's yeah. your only good win. You need SMU to keep, keep winning. winning. Yeah. I, I just and SMU they... kicked to – I didn't even get to say my ding-dong of the week on Monday. They kicked right. to the guy from Houston who's got nine career returns in his career. Oh. And he had a walk-off kickoff return. I mean, you're kicking to – Billy White Shoes Johnson in his prime back there with the game on the line. And that dude just ran right to him like a hot knife through butter. Well, we'll, 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 say, we'll say Devin Hester. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Let me be, thank you, Blaine, for modern. They, they would know who that is. You got your glasses on today. It's a very smart take there by Professor Blaine Bishop. Uh, Middays with Lucas is mad at us on Twitter, on uh, Zone TV. Wow. Alex Anthopoulos has already said Freeman will retire brave. Stop with the national media hot takes. Y'all are the most respected team in Nashville sports. You're better than that. <laughs> Dang, dude. That was just, you just accosted us. That's not me. All we're saying is this. I mean, he will be a He's free agent. He's going to get all kinds of money offered to him, and he will be a free agent. He may very well go back, but, geez, yes. I mean, we did not say, He's gone. Suck it, Braves fans. Right. That's no. not this show. Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but he is definitely a possibility. And if, if you're him, you're going to use that leverage to get a bigger contract, and that's just the way the business goes. Uh, I'm sure he wants to stay, too. I mean, he's been there his whole career. Yeah, that's his place. Yeah. People mm-hmm. trick or treat as him, and he stops him and says, Hey, you're, yeah. you're me. And the kid was like, Huh? Have you guys seen this video, the trick-or-treat video with Freddie Freeman? He's walking through a neighborhood with his little kid, no. and they pass a kid dressed like him in a Braves uniform, and he's like, hey, I like your costume. That's me. And the kid was like, huh? And he goes, you're me. And the kid's like, huh? <laughs> and he was like, would you like a photo? And the kid was like, uh-huh. Oh, we got to find that during the break there, man. We got to find that tweet that <laughs> the out. The kid is dressed like him and see that. sees him on the street. And he's like 6'5", Freddie Freeman, so he's just towering <laughs> above this kid. I love that dude, though. I, I watched yeah. hundreds of Braves games with my dad. We got basic cable in the middle of the 80s, and the Braves were on TV, and we loved baseball. Yeah. My dad was a big Chris Chambliss fan who had played on a couple of those Yankees World Series teams, 77 and 78. Then he signed with the Braves and played there forever, like 80 to 87. My dad loved Chris Chambliss. We watched all those Dale Murphy and Bob Horner. I've watched hundreds of Braves games on TV. The Cardinals are my team. but, but I, The Cardinals are your team. But before you move on, though, they had a player just like Freeman in Pujols who was in the same situation. Kind of explain that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. we talked about this a little bit off the top of the show. He had 2,000 hits in a Cardinals uniform, had just won his second World Series, 
And the Angels offered him what? 200 and. No, they said the same thing. This could be his last oh. <laughs> in a Cardinals uniform. And I'm sure people got outraged. Oh, Cardinals fans were outraged. It, it was his and last. It was his last game in the Cardinals <laughs> uniform because he went and made what? $250 million from the Angels. Yeah. From the Angels. Yeah. So, and that dude still wants to keep playing. The Cardinals should have brought him back, let him have his farewell tour this year. Didn't happen. It doesn't always end the way you want it. Productive. Just, I will say this to Braves fans. It's been since 95. Just drink it in. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about who's going to be there tomorrow. It's it's done. The hay is in the barn. Champions. I champions. hope he's back, though. I really do. I do, too. I don't I want him to ever play for anybody. It'd be cool if he finished his career as a Braves. So, so middays with Lucas. Chill out, man. We're, we're not trying to sell your guy off. Oh, that's, that's, that's another, Lucas that's, has that's his own man, literally. That's, that's him. I have Lucas. many burner accounts. That's not one of them. Yeah, that's, that's his burner account. <laughs> By the way, people with burner accounts don't tweet the same thing six times from different accounts. Oh, it, that it gives you, yeah, somebody tweeted me something the other day, and then I got the same tweet six times from different accounts. So monitor your burners more carefully, people. <laughs> monitor your uh, By the way, Adrian Peterson is a, is a Titan. He practiced oh, today. He's well, wearing that, number eight. Well, that should be the poll question. Should we call him all day or AP? Okay, we'll put that out. <laughs> At Blade and Mickey, is he all day or AP? We got to figure this out. There's lots all, to work. I think through. all day is gone. I think he's AP now. Well, he's like a half a day now because he's going to get like Jim Carrey. <laughs> John Bryce is next. Bye. <laughs>Get John Bryce on in just a second on Blaine and Mickey. Ray in Nashville has been holding literally through two shows. Ray, let's just get you on here before we talk to uh, John Bryce and see what's going on. Thanks for uh, thanks for your patience on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. No problem. I'm a like I'm a diehard fan of the show. Um, Thank you. I'm a di- I'm a diehard Titans fan. I was at the Titans unveiling of the logo at Centennial Park when I was a kid. That's how much I love the Titans. And I'm just wondering, like, why everybody is not believing in the running back by committee with what we're going to do with, with two or three running backs now, though. Everyone's saying that our season is washed, and I, I just don't believe it. I don't understand why. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, is that the narrative? Like, that's what people believe? I think it is for some people, just because oh. you're replacing the team MVP. You know, it's Derrick Henry's the best player on the team. So some people just say, well, if you lose your best player – and gosh, you must be in a heap of trouble. Mm. Atlanta Braves lost their best player. They're they're having a parade. Yeah, <laughs> they, they drank champagne. One of the best last players night. in Major League Baseball, <laughs> not just their best player. Yeah, I mean, and they still put like, it together with you know by committee. Sure did. Yeah, yeah. So okay, uh, I think that's this philosophy. Uh, you know, it's a, other ways to skin a cat when you have your elite players, and everybody else is going to play uh, up to their potential. They got to pick their game up, and even the staff will do some things differently. Uh, you won't change what you do, but uh, how you go about it, uh, because he was a cyborg from outer space. Yes, he That's was. That's what Henry was. Uh, so you have to do it by committee. You can't just up and change your whole offense and all of a sudden, oh, we're going to just throw it around the yard and we don't have a running back. Nah, nah, nah. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. So, yeah, I think they're doing absolutely the right thing. And then uh, they keep their identity and physicality and, and running the football and play action pass with Tannehill. Because if you put too much on Tannehill – then now you're asking for a Carson Wentz type performance, yeah, uh, where he's pressing, trying to be hero ball. You don't want him to. You want to keep him in his role and say, "Hey, we just need you to be a little more efficient." May have to throw a little bit more, which I like to see anyway. And then uh, he's in his comfort zone. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any panic at all. Actually, I think this is uh, going to be an interesting game because it may be an advantage to the Titans, and I hate to say it that way, is that now they're not relying on one piece. It's multiple pieces. Well, guess what? That means the teams now have to prepare for multiple pieces. Mm-hmm. And in this first game versus the Rams, they don't actually know how they will be implemented within this offense quite yet. So it could be a helpful thing here early and once people get three or four games in to see how you implement it, whether you win, lose, or draw. So I think that, that's going to help them more than people think. That's 10 years of NFL defense talking right there, yeah. too. That, uh-huh. That's 10 yeah, years. I'm of, looking at it from a defensive perspective, yep. no doubt. It's 10 yeah. years of experience talking. That's not just some dude. They may there. not go eight men in the box. Guess what? All of a sudden, the run game looks really good. It looks a lot easier. <laughs> uh-huh. No eight men in the box? Oh, well, those guys are capable. Yeah. All day AP. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, Dante, I mean, hey, and McNichols. Yeah. They, they're more than capable. All NFL players for mm-hmm. sure. Let's get to, let's get John Bryce in here. John, have you, I, I hate to think of what your night was last, like, uh, last night with the celebration of a Braves victory. How are you feeling? We was conf- you <laughs> no, were conflicted, weren't you? You were thinking about Freeman leaving, right? I feel great. I told Lucas I needed to, uh, Iced down my shoulder from doing the chop so much, but um, uh, no, it was uh, it, it was a muted celebration. Unfortunately, uh, my wife is in Boston right now, traveling for Notre Dame, and so uh, I just watched the game solo at home, and then uh, poured myself uh, mainly to make uh, Brad Lampley jealous. Poured myself a little uh, Pappy Van Winkle fifteen year uh, one single pour to celebrate the win and that that was it so i do have a i do have a cuban that i will hold off for this weekend and also partake of that as well yeah i think you know first world series since 95 that's worth at least a 15 year old pour i think yeah it was yeah it was absolutely worth the pour and uh i savored every sip of it and i was actually uh at game five on sunday i drove down by myself and uh it was a crazy adventure i didn't even have ticket on my way down and uh, found out at Chattanooga, a friend of mine uh, who knows one of the umpires was able to secure a ticket for me. And so I, I got in and had really hoped to, to see it clinch so I could FaceTime my dad and, and share it with him. But uh, hey, they won it last night. I uh, never would have imagined it. And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal time to be a Braves fan. Absolutely. Man, hey, hey, boy, your connections to the umpire, man. <laughs> yeah, all connections are good connections, right? Yeah, no, I know. Ha- I had to drop that in there, you know, because, again, I'm doing my bre- my best Brad Lampley uh, torment session today. So, um, anyway. That's, this wasn't uh, the ump who didn't that. see uh, the pitcher drag his foot, his good foot, the one that didn't get stepped on across first base and missed that call, did he? Yeah, right. Man, I don't understand how that did not get challenged. Are you kidding me right now? What the heck? Holy smoke. Yeah. That was, uh, you got to challenge that. Like, uh, man, I I still, it it worked out. Freed, honestly, it looked like it just pissed Max Freed off, and he pitched better after that. But uh, I was was here by myself screaming into the void, how do you not challenge that? Yeah, all 145 pounds of him soaking wet looked really mad after that. Uh, At John D. Bryce. One, we had to talk a little Braves to get started here with him, but he is with Football Scoop covering all things college football. And on the football note, what was your reaction on the, uh, I guess, the college football playoff ranking or committee ranking? How, how did you see it, man? Because, man, some people are livid today about this. Yeah, and um, I, I'm really surprised by the rankings. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm happy to see uh, Michigan State 
up there uh, where the Spartans landed and, and don't really have any complaints about the top four. Um, although, the, kind of the way I look at it, and I had some folks complaining to me, some other media guys, some other uh, friends and, and, and fans of different programs, and they were complaining about Alabama specifically being the number two. And I said, that's fine. Like, let's look at it. Would you take Alabama or Michigan State head-to-head? You would take Alabama. Would you take Alabama or Oregon head-to-head? It's Alabama. It's almost Alabama unanimous all the way down through there. Now, Mm -hmm. I would probably consider right now Alabama and Ohio State a coin flip. Um, So I completely understand why those teams are where they are. Um, But, yeah, I'm shocked. I feel bad for Cincinnati. Um, It's got – not just the Notre Dame win, but it's got the uh, UCF win, which I think is a very quality win as well. Obviously, the Bearcats are, are hurt by SMU losing last weekend. But, yeah, I, what I wrote was that the rankings match this season of college football, and that, that summed up in one word is chaos. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Well, to add to that, now I, I believe they're saying a statement here. I don't know. You tell me that the path for the playoff for – or Cincinnati is just denied here. There's it's no possible way. Do you see it differently? Um, I, I, well, there's too much season left to say that it's completely denied or, or no shot whatsoever. The Bearcats have to um, keep taking care of their own business every week. If they don't win out, then the argument becomes moot. But um, I do still think there's a lot of football left and that Cincinnati could, could find a pathway to that number four ranking. It's unlikely, but um, it, it still exists because, again, we've seen so many chaotic upsets this year. How many times have we seen an FCS team beat an FBS team? We saw it right there in Nashville. So uh, my point is that there's still a lot of football left. There's still so many upsets that could happen. None of us expected Texas A&M to beat Alabama and beat Alabama the way that it did, uh, kind of controlling that game. So I, I still think it's too early to – to rule out the Bearcats, but certainly um, the path in front of them is um, not overly optimistic. Mm. What do you think the uh, playoff committee, I guess, values the most in their criteria of making these decisions? Give me a you know a couple of them anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think they factored heavily on, on head-to-head, which is why we saw Oregon still slide a spot ahead of Ohio State, um, especially with Oregon getting that win on the road even though Ohio State's probably been more impressive since that time. So I think head-to-head is huge, and I think Power 5 victories is is huge. I think that that's why um, Notre Dame, which has not looked overly powerful in a great number of its games, nonetheless, I think, has six Power 5 wins already this season, which is up there among the most of anybody in the country. And so um, I think it's schedule, uh, particularly Power 5 schedule, and I think it's head-to-head matchups. Do you think UTSA should be in maybe like the 23-4-5 range? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. I think UTSA has earned it. Um, I think Jeff Trailer has done an absolutely phenomenal job. The, the fact that we saw UTSA pony up nearly $30 million in terms of a contract extension last week to try and lock down Jeff Trailer sends a, a massive signal of what he's doing and the fact was taking note of it. They don't. They don't issue that um, extension if he's not a legitimate candidate at a at a couple of Texas spots that have already uh, fired their coaches in, in terms of Texas Tech and now Texas Christian TCU. So um, yeah, I think UTSA should be in there. I would have probably had uh, Cincinnati 
for now anyway, ahead of an Ohio State and arguably ahead of an Oregon. Um, and then you've got Oklahoma and Wake Forest as well. Now, um, Oklahoma is playing its best ball of the season of late, and it still has a number of, of Power 5 wins, even if, like Notre Dame, there have been a number of ugly wins in that collection. So um, it's generating a lot of discussion, which I think is good. I think this is a year where you can make a strong case for an expanded playoff field, um, much more so than some of the other recent years. I do think that this is a year that makes you want an expanded playoff in college football. Mm, well, that's next. Uh, one with John Bryce with Football Scoop. I guess one more for me, and that is Mel Tucker is having great success at Michigan State, and a lot of people think they should be even higher. Uh, man, but, man, what is it going to take to keep him there? He may move again, right? They got to pull Yeah, up. I mean, look, he's uh, – I was talking about this with somebody just the other day. I think you've got to look at, at Mel Tucker. I think you've got to look at Dave Clawson, Jeff Trailer. Um, those are my immediate three – coach of the year candidates right now and Mel Tucker would probably be my number one for what he's done and how quickly he's done it and yeah it's a power five program uh, that he has quickly revived but it's a power five program uh, that was in really terrible shape when he got there and he's brought his uh, I think SEC expertise into the fold at Michigan State and that's why they're soaring up there I think Mel Tucker is absolutely a very legitimate LSU candidate, and I think that um, obviously LSU is a better job than, than Michigan State, and that that's a situation that's um, bearing watching itself. Um, there's some coaches out there making themselves a lot of money right now, whether they stay where they are or they opt to move. And I'll say this we've already seen a tremendous amount of movement on the coaching carousel, and football coaches and industry people that I trust and that are. Um, really savvy insists this is going to be really one of the biggest coaching carousels in recent memory mm, well with john bryce with football scoop bryce is dan mullen going to be on this carousel anywhere because that dude just had a really bad week mm. he did have a a really bad week and um you know are, are they done losing i don't know I, I can't answer that they're beat and banged up they've not gotten good play at the quarterback position, they've certainly not gotten consistent play. Um, what I know Dan Bowen spoke to the Orlando Sentinel and said he had the full backing of Scott Strickland as AD and the rest of the Florida administration, but it's been weird. It, it's been sort of uh, a tattered or frayed relationship in some regards going all the way back to, to last season. There were all the the instances of Dan Mullen being linked to NFL jobs, whether he was going to interview or not, whether he wanted to interview or not. Um, and then they had the, the three losses to finish last season, including the blowout loss to Oklahoma in the bowl game, where it just didn't look like a, a healthy program that transferred over into this season. They had a number of assistant coaching staff changes, but they didn't change defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. And that continues to be a, a major source of concern and frustration for Florida and, and for the Gator fan base. So um, that's a situation that merits continued watching. If Florida is 8-4, and 9-3 and three or whatever, then no, I, I don't think there's any issue there. But if Florida continue, continues to stumble down the stretch, then yeah, I think that Ben Mullen's hot seat would be very real at that time. John Bryce, our guest from Football Scoop. Uh, Middle Tennessee and Western are, are, are ending up in the MAC now after just a, you know, it, 
We knew that expansion would continue to trickle downhill further and further, and it has trickled these two teams into Blaine's beloved MAC conference. Um, just kind of curious to to get your thoughts on this. I, I actually asked on my own Twitter, just hey, Middle and Western fans, because we you know have a lot of them around here in Middle Tennessee. What do you think about this? And the prevailing sentiment, Bryce, for most of them was, hey, man, for what was left, this was the best-case scenario. Yeah, and and I think that's exactly it. And, we, and we've talked about it every time I think you and I, uh, the three of us have visited this fall. It's been about the big dominoes. Is we're going to continue cascading the, the smaller dominoes. And you do have to uh, find your best placement. And I do believe that um, MTSU especially, but both those schools and programs, are very attractive. I mean, MTSU's proximity to the Nashville media market, the size of its alumni base, the the passion of both those places' fans make them attractive, in my opinion. So I think that those those two programs did the best they could in salvaging a, a very difficult situation. And that's the way I, I would phrase it and, and term it very much. It's salvaging what was able to be salvaged from what's left out there. Our buddy John Bryce, our guest, talking all things college football here on Blaine and Mickey. He is with Football Scoop. You need to follow them. Mm. Uh, JB, man, I, you know I might have missed it, but man, were you surprised with uh, Clay Helton uh, going to Georgia Southern? Um, I was initially surprised. We discussed this on a on a recent Football Scoop podcast, oh. um, but I started hearing about this and, and wrote about this yesterday. Um, October twenty fifth is when I started really getting. Uh, firm indications that the Clay Helton discussions with Georgia Southern were very real um, and that there was some some real legitimacy to those. Um, I think Clay is maybe a better fit in the South. He's certainly um, a really, really classy coach um, who does things, I think, the right way and just never could get fully supported at, at Southern Cal and also didn't win the games that he needed to win um, consistently enough to have full support at Southern Cal. But, look, he's a Gainesville native. He played a couple of years at Auburn before he finished at Houston. Uh, Georgia Southern's AD had power five ties from from his days in the SEC as an assistant athletics director. I think he wanted power five experience. It was really important to him to sort of move Georgia Southern forward into modern football. And you still had a, a firm faction of the Georgia Southern fan base and alumni base that wanted to see them continue in the triple option. And, and that's why you saw the Kennesaw State coach, uh, Bohannon, be consistently mentioned as a candidate, as well as um, the offensive coordinator at Army, Coach Davis. And so for, for those reasons, um, you sort of had a little bit of a tug of war, um, but the Georgia Southern Athletics Director, Binko, uh, was very bent on bringing Georgia Southern into modern football and making things more exciting and generating a, a different kind of buzz around that program. So I wasn't particularly cited uh, or surprised with all of that um, once I did some research on it and, and started digging into that situation really about 10 days ago. Mm. One more job uh, question, and that is for TCU and Gary Patterson, I guess, uh, resigning or, or being let go, however you want to look at it. And was that shocking as well as who's on the list for the job? The, uh, the two things that were shocking about it uh, was that it was immediate um, and that the TCU indicated they gave Patterson the chance to finish out the season, and he said no. Um, frustration had been growing there. Uh, he really had been a victim of his own success, and then also he'd seen his program 
uh, probably come up on the short end a little bit on, on the transfer portal, although they've gotten some great players via the transfer portal as well. Um, and then name, image, and likeness. I think that um, he's had some very candid comments about that earlier this season. So I, I think those elements all contributed to his departure, but I am surprised it happened midseason rather than at the end of the season. The guy was the second longest tenured major college football coach in America behind Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, uh, and so that's significant. I also think it's an indicator, uh, again, of what I just referenced a few minutes ago, that this is going to be a, an absolutely wild cycle, a wild carousel when you think about LSU, USC already being open. Now you add Washington State into the mix over vaccine stuff and everything else. Then you follow up with that with two more Power Five jobs just in the state of Texas alone in Texas Tech and Texas Christian last week in a seven-week span. You still had to throw in Georgia Southern, which was among the first in that mix, UConn in that mix. Uh, There's so many jobs already out there opening, and there's still going to be others that get – opened because of performance factors and others that open because of domino effects. And so it is going to be wild in terms of candidates at TCU, the AD has said he wants to go offense. I think that makes sense. So you immediately look at Sonny Dykes. I think that there's mutual interest there because SMU did not get picked up in any other conference expansion or get that chance to, to go into the big 12 that many believe that they wanted. And so I think that Sonny will work long and hard at TCU um, it sounded like they want a proven head coach. If not for that, uh, or if they expand a little bit more, I would say Jeff Levy and Kendall Bryles, a pair of the best offensive coordinators in the SEC, could be candidates at TCU as well. Mm-hmm. Bryce, on the way out, we got like 20, 30 seconds here. Is there anything new with Brian Harson and his vaccination stuff? You know, that uh, there's not anything new. That's uh, December 8th is when that deadline is. But that's a situation that a lot of people are monitoring it. He was not asked about it today on the SEC conference call. I thought he might be, um, but there's nothing new there yet. It's still kind of a stalemate at this point. Mm. Real quick, I know you're not in the recruiting game, but have you heard any news or whispers about maybe some potential schools for Harrison Bailey Mm. in Tennessee? You know, I have not uh, really checked into that yet. I know that Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of talk that he'll try to find a a pass-happy kind of west coast offensive style system and so that's where that's where i would look in in terms of where can he go and and find the quick passing game that can enhance and showcase his strengths ah good stuff thank you bryce always great catching up with you congrats again uh and to all braves fans of braves nation on the world series championship Chop on, chop on, chop on. (laughs) (laughs) At John D. Bryce, one in football scoop as well. Blaine and Mickey, we'll be right back. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, that's a chant echoing. Throughout the Mid-South today, the Atlanta Braves are your World Series champions. 7 nothing to close it out. Hit three home runs. No Pitcher doubt. got stepped on. They didn't appeal an obvious out. Then he pitches his way out of a jam. And as you said, and he just waylaid everybody. He got PO'd at that point. Like, oh, oh, oh. I, I had never seen him that intense. Okay. He was like, ah. After he, I was like, whoa, man, watch out. Now you may get a crampy neck or something. You're kind of thin. <laughs> that dude is so thin. <laughs> like, wow, that was great, man. That was, wow. 
That was awesome, man. After showing how his ankle got stepped on, and then the guy didn't even tag the base. Uh, they didn't challenge it, but uh, he was light out. Then Solaire and Freeman and Dansby and everybody else. It was it was uh, night night time for their fans in uh, Houston. Well, as you got, said too, they got quiet quick. It was silent. You could hear a pin drop. Back into that game, they had a couple moments where they kind of got up and cheered. Looked like one might go out here or there. Other than that, not a peep. And it got loud with Braves you fans. Saw, did you hear that? Yes. They were doing the chant. Oh, it got loud with Braves fans. I was like, fans. whoa, you can hear this through the TV. And at the end, when they were doing their celebration and all the Braves fans came forward, it's like, well, look at this. There was a whole section of them that, that all squeezed together there at the end. They had a real nice celebration with a bunch of their fans. Ah, man, so that doesn't just happen in football. It happened in a World Series. Braves fans infiltrated yeah. uh, Minute Maid Park. Yeah, that, was, that was good to see. They were expecting to win. Man, they closed it out. They said, I want to be there. We're closing it out. <laughs> hey, man, hey, tip of the cap to all of them who got in to see that. I, I've never yeah. been to I've been to a playoff game. I've never been to a World Series game. Mm. Never been to a World Series game. I have not. Um, maybe someday. But, uh, yeah, uh, tip of the cap to everybody who got to do that last night. Uh, people are people are calling about all kinds of different things. Let's hit this Mark's yeah, let's main hit them all, man. real estate hotline again. We got Doug who wants to talk a little Titans. Doug, welcome into Blaine and Mickey. What's going on, Doug? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I know you know we're, we've recently picked up uh, AD or All Day or whatever we want to people call him. Calling. I think I need to be worried about his BPU. His right, <laughs> exactly, okay. exactly. That's so, me too. So the, the thing is, we know he's off the step. And we know that was not the high point of Derrick Henry. You know, we're going to be throwing the ball more. I think we need to be concentrating on seeing or knowing just how good can Adrian Peterson pick up the blitz? What can he bring to the table? It's more than just running the ball and, mm-hmm. and being aggressive. You know, if we're going to be throwing the ball, we've got to protect Tannehill. We've seen how he looks when he gets knocked on his backside. If you pick up the blitz, that's a plus in the package of Adrian Peterson, along with his durability. So I just wonder what Blaine thinks. You know, when he was in Washington and at Detroit, how was Adrian? Because I really don't know. I just need to see somebody's professional opinion because there's more than just running the ball. We need to protect the quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, sure, I mean, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, protecting the quarterback. But it wasn't like we used uh, the king in more protection type, you know, stuff too. Uh, and I don't even know if they're going to – maybe they throw a little bit more. Uh, I still think they're going to platoon uh, – with Dante Foreman as well as uh, AP all day. And he looked actually pretty good last year. I watched uh, about two games of him last year at Detroit, and he looked like he was really strong. Uh, actually, I, I liked his cutting ability a little bit than I expected at this point of his career. And, uh, yeah, naturally, he's lost some uh, speed, some breakaway speed, so there won't be anybody replacing Derrick Henry as far as that. But his running style and physicality is still there. Uh, so, and then now we're asking him to do this with, you know, platooning, you would think, uh, with someone else. So I, I think, uh, we catch him at a good spot and he's still motivated. Uh, he's wearing number eight too. That was kind of surprising. We too. wondered so, maybe he'd pick a single digit. I really like what they did here because you're still sticking with your style that you have implemented. You're not changing your offense. You may be adjusting, but you're not changing. Uh, and that's really hard to do anyway. But, you know, teams have done it. We saw Kentucky do it, what, last year or two years ago when they changed their offense and they started running the football and put their run their receiver at, at quarterback. So that you can do it. It's just that, uh, you know, you want to kind of stick to what your identity and your style of offense is and not get too far. And you don't want to ask Tannehill to throw it around a yard, and that's not what he does all the time. 
may get away with that in maybe a game or two, but you still want to ride with what you like doing, and that's play-action pass and running the football. Squeezing Chris right quick. Hey, Chris, give us about 30 seconds, man. Thank you for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, Mickey, I know you're a Cardinal fan, um, so baseball obviously comes nature there. Um, but, yes, last night uh, you guys were talking about that being an out and, and appeal. But according to the guys on MLB this morning, you say. cannot block first base. So they could have appealed that, but they would have probably lost because his foot was in front of the bag, and they might have said that was him trying to impede the runner to get to first base. That's ah. the only bag you cannot block the front of. Well, there you go. Mm. He, his ankle was flat on the ground. He was so flexible, that dude. He stuck his leg out, and he got his leg fl- I, I think, that's, I think what, that's flexibility also more so in his upper leg and knee to the actual ankle. Yeah. yeah. Because it bent, went with the flow, man. Uh, I would have probably broke uh, my fibula. There's no telling. <laughs> yeah, fibula. If it had, because, and the fact that it was flat, too, there was nothing to press it up against or no way to leverage it. Man, was, it was flat on the ground. The guy stepped on it flat, and he went right between his spikes, it looked like. So it didn't do the thing where it well, ripped into him. He did not have on spikes. He had on rubber bottoms. And Ooh. that was the difference because oh. I checked. Yeah, and I was like, there's no way if he had on spikes. He'd be. I was like, man, this guy's superhuman. Boy, he yeah, he's tough. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they kept showing a replay. Rubber spikes. And I was like, oh, he Thank had the, the more rubber bottoms. They still were hard now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's not like spikes. Uh, I think I'm right on that. If I'm wrong, please check me on that. But that's what I thought I saw. So, yeah. But that was that was pretty impressive there. All right, people are still calling. We'll, we'll take more phone calls as we start the next segment. There's a lot going on in the sports world. There is a lot, lot, lot going on, and we will get to all of it when we come back. Also, Jordan Dejani will join us with all NFL headlines coming up at around 2.20. It's Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone.